welcome to the Princess Nerd Podcast. Uh, my name is Daria, and this is my second podcast that I'm recording, and it is still nerve-wracking, to be honest, because it is pretty hard, it is a pretty hard thing to do, and I don't think I've really thought about how hard it is, because uh, especially when you're alone, you have to be very, very fluent and very consistent with what you're saying uh, and the flow of your thoughts should be, you know, uninterruptible almost, which is um, not so easy. I think I understand now why most of the podcasts have two people, two or three hosts at least, or most of them are just kind of interview-based, just because you can bounce off of each other and, you know, share your thoughts and you don't have to always, always keep talking. But I think the one people, one person (laughs) podcast is a pretty, pretty hard thing to do. Uh, So I don't know if I'm going to be continuing doing this alone. I have uh, another podcast on the way in the making, let's say, uh, which is called uh, The Olive Theory Podcast. It's also going to be on Spotify, and I will be doing this with my friends, and uh, we want to record uh, our first episode pretty soon, so I'm really hoping that's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to be keep... I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this alone, just because it's really hard but I think also uh, sometimes you have to stick with what you believe in and I really love podcasting and I've dreamt of uh, podcasting for a very very long time I've dreamt of doing this so um, I'm gonna try to stick it out and I'm gonna try to not say a lot of ums (laughs) because the previous episode that I recorded about Ted Lasso's um, about Ted Lasso's last week's episode. Um, 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 I had to cut out so many of them, and I understand, and I wasn't aware even that I've been just using this word so much, but it's true, and it's really distracting, and uh, you know, it's just not kind of good quality speech that you want to hear in a podcast so i'm just gonna really try not to do that but i'm not um i'm not um i'm not um, (laughs) this is pathetic but i'm not promising anything for sure and uh, i kind of want this so this sort of episode to be very short and concise and sort of just one take raw cut episode, no edits. I'm not sure that it's going to be possible, but I want to make as little edits on this episode as possible. I'm sorry if you hear some noises. This is just my notebook with notes uh, because it's a very exciting episode because I'm, I'm going to be talking about 
the penultimate episodes of the two most incredible, fantastic um, quality TV series on the TV right now, which is Succession and Barry, both on both come which both come from HBO. And um, yes, uh, this uh, this is the thing to talk about if you are in the TV and in the if you're a TV nerd and if you're in the TV world, you definitely are watching Succession <laughs> and you definitely should be watching Barry. Uh, I understand, of course, that Succession has a lot more viewership, has a, mm, has a much broader uh, viewership than Barry, uh, but I think that Barry deserves just as much fans and just as much audience and just as much attention as Succession. Um, because it's obviously a different genre. It's a little bit more of a niche genre because it's a black comedy, uh, which has a lot of dramatic moments, of course. Mm, but it's just, uh, it's just as good and it's just as well written, just as uh, well directed, and brought to perfection, kind of. Um, television and I really love Barry with all my heart I, I love Succession with all my heart as well uh, this has been Succession is just one of the best modern dramas uh, of our time not like of our time but it's Succession is one of the best dramas of the last five years I would say and it's not an easy thing to do to make such a good quality drama. We have, of course, many interesting dramas on television. We've, we've had so many interesting dramas on television. One of my favorites, and actually my favorite one, is Mad Men, uh, which is a drama that, that is unmatched, unmatched for me. This is a drama that almost no TV show can surpass and I feel like Succession is coming so close to Mad Men in that sense for me. I think Succession could potentially someday get on the same level as Mad Men for me, but I have to watch it at least a couple of times for, for Succession to become my favorite TV series, like Mad Men, because I've watched Mad Men countless times, not countless, but I've watched it like solid seven or eight times, and each time I find something new about this TV series that I like, each time I view it from a different perspective and with a different mindset, and with different kind of sympathy for Don, which is Don Draper is the main character of Mad Men. Don Draper is, dare I say, the best character, the best dramatical character on television. One of the best for sure. And Kendall Roy comes pretty close to Don Draper in the sense of depth, emotional depth, and you know, his cold, 
characterization of Kendall is just amazing. Uh, and in season four, uh, I think what they did pretty well is open the character of Rome for us even more than they uh, did before. Uh, which has been a very interesting thing to watch and a very interesting thing to analyze. Uh, so yes, uh, I'm gonna talk first about Succession. Uh, in the episode uh, 9, which is called Church and State. Uh, so I wanted to just discuss first the name of the episode because I love a good title of the episode. I feel like it can make or break the episodes uh, in some situations. Uh, sometimes the title is not really, you know, it doesn't really matter how good of a title it is, as long as the episode is amazing and great, right? A simple title will not ruin that. For example, the episode where uh, Logan died. It's just, it was just called uh, Connor's wedding, right? Uh, if I'm like, if I'm not mistaken, which is a pretty simple name for such a one of the biggest episodes um, of this year on television. But it doesn't really matter that it's just that simple because, first of all, I think the purpose of such a title was just to throw us off um, and you know, kind of not make us uh, guess what's gonna happen um, and make us sort of um, how would I say that sort of very relaxed going into the episode of the Connor's wedding because uh, when you just read this kind of title you think okay this is just gonna be this fun dramatic you know obviously uh, emotional and messy episode of succession like it usually is but um, with this kind of episode uh, you just you wouldn't expect something so huge to happen and uh, in Connor's wedding obviously Logan Roy dies and I think for a good five minutes of since um, you know Tom called I think Rome first Tom called Roy and he was just saying all the all of those things about Logan and I was just thinking oh my god you're joking you're joking you're joking this is not happening this is a joke because of how it all was happening it was just so messy and so weird and so strange and Tom was not making sense at all but obviously it wasn't a joke and pretty like after a good five minutes I realized okay this is real and this is happening and this is very cool <laughs> uh, maybe this sounds kind of cruel but um, from the just, you know, from the TV lover, TV nerd perspective, this is a very cool way to make a death 
episode, like make a main character's death episode, how they did in succession. It's just not something that happens every day, let's say. Uh, so yes, but regarding charters and state, um, oh, I'm, I'm saying a lot of ums. Oh my gosh. Okay. Regarding the church and state episode, uh, I think that was uh, one of the best episodes of Succession. And I, I think I say that about pretty much every other Succession episode in season four. Uh, this is just what happens with a good TV show and a good TV show that knows how to end things. Uh, it was a devastating and really sad and emotionally draining and funny episode. So let's unpack. Uh, I think what I want to talk about first and foremost uh, is Rome. And I don't want to talk too much about the episode. I just want to talk about my thoughts, my sort of initial and main thoughts about the episode. And Rome is one of the One of the main characters of this episode, of course, uh, he was bound to be because going from and coming from the last episode, he was just on the high. He was on the high because of the whole election um, happenings and because of the fact that he sort of chose uh, Mencken to be the president of the United States and he made that decision and he was the only one sort of, well, he was the, you know, the hand basically that made the decision and Kendall was really, really not um, sure of that decision. Uh, but yes, uh, Rome shined brighter than the sun in the uh, election episode and he just I don't know fell from the sky and crashed in the episode <laughs> church and state uh, and all of that is because he was just bottling up his emotions this whole week I don't actually remember exactly the timeline and how many days has passed between uh, Logan's death and uh, Logan's funeral, but I think it's just around five, six days. Um, this whole timeline is, and uh, what we've seen from Rome is just denial. This constant denial of what happened, uh, not even... Oh, I mean, yes, it was on the one hand the denial of what happened and on the other hand it was the denial of his emotions because he was constantly surrounded by people all the time and when Logan died, all three, all three of the kids, they just had to do a lot of stuff. Uh, they uh, had to not... They were sort of made not to think about his dad passing away 
because of the nature of what they do because of the fact that they're this big corporation um you know leaders or close to being leaders of the corporation and always star and they had to take um this huge weight uh and understand how to deal with it on their own and they were rome was constantly surrounded by people he was constantly um pressured to make decisions to finally become the let's say the leading guy that he always wanted to be and it wasn't always working out for him but in the election episode he really caught this kind of high that he thought would get him to where he wanted to be uh, and um, I think he always he was constantly repeating this kind of phrase that I am uh, I don't remember exactly what he said but uh, he was constantly saying something like I'm pre-moored or I'm pre-grieved so uh, uh, so it, this means kind of that he already grieved the passing of his dad a long time before it happened so uh, it's okay and you know I'm fine guys like I'm pre-grieved and I'm okay I don't feel anything and this is just that but obviously because he was always such a such a little sad little boy um, he always craved attention from his dad he always craved attention from not only his dad but from Shiv and from Kendall and he always craved attention from everybody else around him because he thinks that he well he knows that he is so small and he's disgusting uh, but he doesn't know any other way how to catch people's attention other than just being overly disgusting uh, in front of people and people just because of Rome's nature because of Rome's status in a way because uh, let's say he's a sibling to Shiv and uh, Kendall, he just almost always gets away with uh, his behavior, you know, because everybody's like, okay, this is just Rome, and that's that. Uh, but of course, uh, it was a devastating moment when he couldn't uh, read the, when he couldn't get up and read the eulogy, um, for his father, for Morgan, uh, the way he burst into tears, the way it, you could just feel this exhaustion and this sadness, this kind of deep sadness of, about the fact that your parent is gone. Because he was bottling it up and he was bottling it up and he was clearly hurting and he was clearly in pain, but he didn't want to admit it. Uh, but I think at that moment, and because of what even said about Logan, he just couldn't contain it anymore. He just couldn't do it, and he burst into tears. It was just this kind of devastation, exhaustion, and sort of just, you know, peeling off this layer of uh, hostility and sort of preconceived, 
preconceived notions of who you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to play. Um, I think seeing his dad and knowing that his dad is in the coffin and him even screaming, you know, getting him out of he out of there was one of the most devastating things I've ever seen on television. One of the most honest and raw moments of uh, Roman Roy for sure. Um, and obviously the ending of the of the episode uh, where he was after him and Kendall talked uh, to each other and uh, Kendall pretty much mm, communicated <laughs> very in a very sweet brotherly way to Rome that he screwed up and mm, he's not up for it and he's not up to be the number one boy and he is only fit to be a lap dog to Kendall. He just lost it and he went into this screaming, uh, screaming riot. Uh, and that was a scary moment for sure for me as well because uh, I think because of the nature of television, because of the many TV series that I've seen in the past, uh, I was thinking that for sure something terrible is going to happen or he's going to be shot or, you know, just stamp, like, I don't know, not even die in this stampede but be very seriously... Uh, injured because of that and I mean in a way it happened I mean he got hit in the eye you know and uh, but nothing really that horrible happened in, in terms of his health but I think this is uh, like the lowest point for Rome and this is the lowest point for him this is the moment when he realizes he's not fit to be on top He's just this petty, sad man that uh, can't control his emotions and doesn't really understand his emotions. Uh, I think all of them really need to go to therapy, that's for sure. Maybe even, you know, individual therapy and then some kind of group therapy just to unpack all of the things that have happened in the past um, in their childhood and just overall who they are to find out who they are actually and what they want because i think uh from the young age from the like from the nature of their upbringing uh the logan family and the logan siblings they just mm, they just got this kind of notion that they have to fight to be on the top and they have to fight to be I mean, as close to that as possible uh, in terms of their weight in the company and uh, maybe even surpass that, of course, in some ways. Uh, and I don't think they've ever just stopped to think of what they actually want, what they like to do, and why the hell do they need to even be on the top. I think one of my friends, when we were discussing succession, uh, she told me, she asked me this kind of question of 
like why do they even need to do that because they have so much money they could just be chilling in hawaii or on bali or somewhere anywhere in the world and just not have a care in the world uh, but i think there are a lot of factors of why they're doing what they're doing of course of course they're bringing of course logan's influence of course the fact that logan neglected them most of the child of their childhood and uh, they wanted to prove uh, to him that they're worthy of his attention uh, and because of the fact that they were you know three tight siblings and also <laughs> Connor um, obviously that kind of connection familial connection makes them sort of rivals in in that sort of upbringing in Logan Roy's upbringing um, they were basically neglected by their mother because we see in this episode how awful and how cruel <laughs> their mother is and they were neglected, neglected by, by Logan but what Shiv says in her speech of course uh, opens up a conversation uh, about you know about her being neglect neglected by Logan maybe the most maybe on par with Connor but in a different way uh, because in terms of Connor it's a, it's a whole different story but I think Connor is the most um, self-assured <laughs> and confident of them in, in a weird way he is the most uh, well definitely he's the most detached from Logan and he and therefore he even chooses a different path he's not with their siblings fighting for the crown let's say he's just somewhere you know close by but not with them not in uh, you know not playing with them in the playground let's say but that makes him the most free out of all the four siblings of Logan, um, of Logan Roy, and uh, to be honest, um, I, I really like that about Connor. I like that he's just kind of detached from from all of this drama. He's still a little bit in the drama, but he uh, he doesn't really associate himself with it, and uh, he's okay with it, you know. Uh, and that's great uh, but in terms of Shiv oh, that was a devastating speech to hear from her um, because her words um, you know when she said that Logan was neglecting them most of the time but then when he would on occasion be warm to them or at least more inviting to them it was like the sun was shining on me and them and it was the best moments of their lives but i think they were so rare <laughs> and there were so many few episodes like that that um it wasn't enough uh for them to make a bond and to make a bond strong enough to uh you know open up to each other 
but obviously because she was a woman, um, Logan neglected her the most and he neglected her intelligence and her potential, which really reminded me of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel episode, uh, of the latest Marvelous Mrs. Maisel episode. Um, because there Abe, Abe Wiseman was talking about Mitch and he was telling his colleagues um, his biggest regret, I think maybe his biggest regret in the life is the fact that he neglected Mitch while she was growing up. He gave a lot of attention to his son and he, you know, gave a lot of thoughts and a lot of uh, emotion and uh, a lot of passion into, uh, you know, making his son his best self and recognizing his potential and making sure that, uh, you know, his talents uh, are used in the right way. But he neglected Mitch. He just neglected her. And he wasn't even thinking about, um, you know, he wasn't even thinking about her potential. He was just thinking of, about her as a cute girl that one day is going to marry some guy and she's going to be happy and she's going to be satisfi satisfied. And um, it was a very emotional speech that Abe gave in the last episode about the fact that what would have happened right now if uh, in childhood in childhood he would actually pay some attention to Mitch and you know try to educate her a little more and try to um, recognize some of her talents and try to uplift her uh, whenever she would try something what would have happened to her now where would she be now because she's so talented now she's making all this all these big steps and she is doing it on her own and she managed to recognize her potential on her own without him but what would what would have oh my god what would have happened if you know growing up she had that kind of support and i think uh it's very relevant to shiv as well right this kind of thought of where would she be now in within the royce family if growing up she would be recognized just as much as kendall and rome let's say um but we'll never know but she made it on her own as well and she's succeeding and um, in a way she's succeeding she uh you know made a deal with Madsen and Mencken and she's potentially is going to be American CEO and who knows what else <laughs> and she's going to be this mom who's going to neglect her child you know and whatever she said in, in this church uh, during the conversation with her and Madsen I mean because Madsen found out that she was pregnant uh, that was an interesting, <laughs> that was a funny, funny uh, thing that she said because she said something like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, go straight out of labor and uh, 
hand my child to someone else and I'm gonna be good to go I'm gonna be an American CEO and there's no problem I can do it all I'm a superwoman which I mean she is and she can do that but I think the history is is just gonna repeat itself if she's gonna you know be who she says she wants to be uh, then her child is just gonna suffer just as much as as she's suffering still now because of her bringing and I don't think you can do anything about it but I don't think that she's gonna win (laughs) and I don't think that she's gonna be on top I don't think that of course she's gonna be somewhere in the bottom of it all but I don't see Shiv and Madsen and Mankin (laughs) winning I don't see Shiv on the top of on the top of it all unfortunately I kind of think that what's gonna happen uh, is that in some way she's gonna prioritize her child I don't know what has to happen for that to happen obviously for Shiv to choose you know just to be pregnant and to chill um but maybe maybe her and Tom are gonna come to some kind of nice agreement and you know give some time to raising a child I feel like if Shiv and Tom in the end are gonna somehow get together obviously Tom is gonna be more involved in the child's life than Shiv that's what I'm seeing because I feel like he's a more emotional person and a more compassionate person I don't know why they're both very not compassionate people to be honest but I feel like Tom is just gonna be a little more compassionate to with his child but it's very early stages of the pregnancy as well not very early but still early stages of the pregnancy as well and maybe she's gonna um, her you know hormones are gonna kick in and she will become maternal who knows Uh, it doesn't happen to every single person obviously and i don't i'm the least person to talk i'm the least knowledgeable person to talk about it because um you know i've never had a child so i don't know uh i don't know how it works exactly uh you know emotionally and internally but that's that's kind of how i see it and um but i was a very very human (laughs) maybe the most human moment of the show between uh, tom and shave when she just when they were at first sort of just trying to i don't know bicker with each other but tom was just so visibly exhausted and she recognized recognized this exhaustion in him and sort of put aside all of the many 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 arguments between them and just offered him you know a place to stay a place to sleep like a shelter and that was just 
a very human moment, a very sort of no bullshit. I just see that you're exhausted and you're drained and I just want you to sleep kind of moment. And <laughs> that is that is that is beautiful that is just life and uh, there were a couple of moments like this and the moment when Rome just broke down in tears all the siblings came up to him and hugged him and tried to calm him down because on the emotional and human level they really understood him and they saw him suffering and no matter what kind of person you are when people cry, just something happens and there is this kind of human sympathy that kicks in. And there was sympathy from almost all the people in the church for him. Because they just saw, I don't think they saw, you know, Rome crying over Logan. They just saw a son crying over his dead dad. and a son wanting his dead dad to not be dead and be alive and just take it out like take him out of this coffin um yeah i don't know uh, for some reason i expected something like some kind of moments oh my god sorry sorry for the noise i just Uh, I just expected some kind of moment between Jerry and Rome. Uh, I don't know why. I just expected some kind of interaction between them. Just a couple of words between them. Even if it's just like Jerry coming up to him and saying, I'm sorry. And Rome saying, fuck off. Something simple like that, but it didn't happen, and I'm kind of glad it didn't happen. I'm glad because you know Jerry really shouldn't feel sorry for Rom at all because he treated her with nothing but disrespect all the way around. So yes, uh, and obviously there were a lot of things that happened, but last thing uh, in terms of succession that I wanted to mention is obviously Kendall. Oh, Kendall! It was Kendall's episode. It was more of Kendall's episode than uh, Rome's episode because of course you know Kieran and Culkin shined and excelled beyond any expectation in the, in this episode but I think because Kendall uh, was not a very um, Kendall didn't have a lot of uh, interesting moments in the beginning of the season he was just sort of reserved and he was a little bit closed off and uh, not reactive in some moments uh, in the beginning of the season uh, but towards the end he has been gaining his traction and this season uh, this episode in the charged state Kendall just said to himself I'm the number one boy and there is nobody else on top who can do what I can do and he's there's nobody else who's willing to be Logan Roy but me and that's why he's gonna win that's why he's gonna win because he recognizes this kind of 
force and strength and sort of emotional hostility that you have to have to do what Logan did. And I think oh, it was such a scary speech that he gave about Logan. Uh, and I think it was scary just because of the fact that in this moment he decided that I have to be Logan to be on top. Not, not necessarily, okay, let's just say that. I feel like you really have to be Logan Roy if you want to just replace Logan Roy, Logan Roy let's say. If you, if you don't want to be anything else and if you don't want to do things drastically differently different i think that you you do have to be logan roy to be you know to to move the mountains and to be on top of the way star you have to be logan roy i feel like if kendall if kendall wanted to be a very different sort of leader he could he would understand that he could be something else and he could be different and he could you know do things differently differently and not like his dad but i think maybe because of everything that happened since his death he he has been slowly realizing that no kind of other behavior other than logan's can move mountains and can change the world other than you know this kind of leadership and it's a sad thought and i feel like even if kendall and i feel like this is gonna happen even if kendall uh, does come out on top he's gonna have a pretty sad and lonely life and this is what we are already seeing he's pushing away everybody around him he's you know isolating himself from everyone in his life he's isolating himself first and foremost from his ex-wife from his children <laughs> which we haven't seen even we haven't seen them in this episode and i think that um, we haven't seen him interacting with them almost at all really in this season and even in previous season it was a very brief, it was kind of brief interactions between them uh, anyway he's isolate Kendall is isolating himself from his family from his wife uh, from his siblings obviously because he just straight up comes comes up to Rome and says, you screwed up and you can't do that, but you can be my dog. And he comes up to Hugo and says, you're going to be my dog, but the scraps are going to be millions, so who cares? And I mean, Hugo says, woof, woof, I'm down. I want the millions. And who doesn't want the millions, really? <laughs> but... Yeah, the thing is that he's isolating himself already. He, he isolated himself from almost everybody. 
uh, in his life and he cut those emotional cords you know they tied him to chef or to rome he had this emotional cord that tied him to rome but i think rome breaking down in the church and screwing up uh, i think it lifted i mean obviously i think that uh kendall sympathized with rome but i think that it also lifted him up and it also gave him a huge confidence and huge clarity that um, if Ron can do this, then I have to do this and I, I'm going to be so much better than Ron. But I can't do it with him. So, so there you go. I'm really interested in what's going to happen in the finale and how they're going to tie it all up. But I think it was a great, great penultimate episode and it set things up pretty straight of what's going to happen next. And um, we will see. I think this is going to be a very, very, very emotional Sunday. One of the best Sundays, I think, uh, of 2023, if not one of the best Sundays for television because uh, succession is ending and Barry is ending and what are we gonna watch if not succession and Barry? Obviously we have a lot to watch but in terms of quality TV succession and Barry were the, the cream on the top, the, like the cherry on the cake and everything else is and was and is a little bit less of the quality you know but mm, there's always something else on the horizon and i have maybe blind belief that there's gonna be something good on tv someday too but not anytime soon i think i think this is the very devastating but i think satisfactory and of really good television for for the time being and obviously with the writer's strike going on right now and with the kind of television new television that is coming up right now mm, there's not a lot of hope that there will be something just as good as succession and barry but we'll see you never know uh i don't have a lot of time to talk about Barry to be honest because I've talked for such a long time about succession I really need to make scripts for these episodes but these are just sort of testing out and seeing how things go but I really have to make them shorter but uh, I am gonna talk about Barry a little bit but I'm gonna mm, put on the light because this is really, really dark in my room right now. It's 8 o'clock and I've been talking for almost an hour. Uh, but I want to tie things up with Barry and the episode which is called A Nice Meal. It's the seventh episode of Barry. I'm so, so, so sad about Barry coming to the end because it's such a great, smart 
funny TV series. And Bill Hader deserves all of the praise and even more uh, that he gets right now. Uh, yeah, so the, ep the episode is called A Nice Meal. Uh, and uh, a nice meal is referred to the part of the episode where um, Fuchs talks to his girls, his like girlfriend and her daughter about the fact that when they contemplate basically when Fuchs, his guys contemplate over like what to do when the shit goes down like what to do with the girls when the shit goes down like you have to do something you can't just always make them watch how they cut off um, heads of four, four people in front of them this just can't happen this is not a nice thing to do <laughs> and so they're trying to come up with something nice for the girls not to see how the how they cut off like heads basically and uh, one of the guys just offers like what if we just go out for like what if we just take them for a nice meal when the shit goes down but obviously there's not always time to do that <laughs> sometimes they sneak up on you and there's not a lot of time to take the girls out for a nice meal so they just start to contemplate about that and um, yeah that, that is that is a pretty funny funny moment and there's a lot of fast and furious um, I mean there's a big fast and furious um, reference here because they talk about it I think for a good two minutes just sort of bickering and um, arguing with each other over like what kind of fast and furious um, part is the loudest and uh, all things like that uh, which was a really good moment and um, uh, yeah, really really nice so in terms of Barry I am gonna just talk about a couple of things just to end this episode uh, I think um, obviously it was a great episode one of the best in um, the last seasons of Barry and um, basically we start uh, with Barry having those hallucinations um, and those clips of the ocean and uh, what's his name? Um, James voice telling him like do you think that you can repent and everything is gonna be okay and everybody's gonna forgive you uh, and I wanted to talk about actually the ocean and the meaning of the ocean for Barry, for Kendall, which is a character from Succession, and for Don Draper, which is a character from Mad Men. I don't know if everybody has watched all those three seasons, or all those three series, but for me, that's a very interesting um sort of connection that they have with each other uh, because they're all main characters of their series I think Kendall is the main character of Succession and Barry obviously is the main character of Barry and Don Draper is the main character of Mad Men and they all have this connection with the ocean and specifically the Los Angeles ocean right because in Mad Men Don always goes when when he goes to California 
he feels the most himself in California, that's for sure, because he doesn't have to really pretend that he's Don Draper. <clears throat> and um, uh, in uh, one of the episodes in the season four, Kendall uh, and everybody goes to LA, and in the in the end of the episode, he goes to the ocean in Los Angeles and sort of baptize, like, baptizes himself and, um, I don't know, resurrects himself in a way in the ocean. The same thing goes for Don Draper when he goes in the ocean in one of the episodes in Mad Men. Uh, it's a sort of a sign of resurrection, of baptizing himself and... With Barry, uh, the ocean is also a big character in his life because he has, like, he's had visions of the oceans before. And in the episode, in this episode again, he has this vision vision of the ocean. But I think in this episode, the ocean is something hostile for for Barry and something cold. So that, I don't think that for Barry the ocean means the same thing, quite the same thing as uh, for Kendall and Dawn. Uh, but it still means something, and that's a very interesting connection between between them uh, and the themes of you know secrecy and charge and faith. Uh, between Succession and Barry, especially between those episodes, um, are very strong. Because obviously in Succession, in this episode, we go to George, and there is this amazing score, not only the Succession score that is happening, right? The Succession score that we all love, and that brings out this sadness and this finesse, uh, in the series, but there's also those charge sounds and the organs playing and characters talking over them and care, basically characters talking politics and schemes in a sacred place. That's what they do. That's why they go there. Um, it's not to really say goodbye to to the father. It's a chance to show yourself, it's a chance to talk to Madsen or, um, you know, talk in front of a lot of important people and show that you can be on the top. It's not to say goodbye to your father, which is a sad thing, but that's basically why they uh, go to Logan's funeral. Not for the funeral itself, but to, you know, make some strategic moves strategic moves and um, once again um, it's a chance for them to uh, get closer to the top uh, so with Barry right the ocean uh, first thing uh, then obviously one of the best moments that I wanted to talk about and to mention because there were so many great moments but one of the best moments is Obviously, for me, uh, Hank opening up those four boxes mm, that are obviously boxes with heads. And that just reminded me of Seven because Seven is one of my favorite movies. 
uh, and this moment of like, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Um, yeah, that was maybe not a reference to seven necessarily, but it was a nice moment, and it was a really funny, funny moment when he was just like, he just kept opening them up, and he just knew what what's going to be in them but he was still opening them up in you know without a care without any kind of back thought and i think that his assistant is is a very funny guy and they have an amazing chemistry together you know this moment when uh hank um came out of this i don't know like grandma's place and he uh after the fact after fuchs just basically was shooting at him in this amazing like one shot action sequence and he killed the drive and they killed the driver but yeah uh so after hank recovered from this little moment uh he was like like why did you just buy one rocket and his assistant was like i mean i, I was just trying to you know mind the budget and he was like i was talking about office supplies you goon and yeah Mm, that was <laughs> not successful but um obviously after that and uh, what we what most of the people expect uh, i think from what i from what i read from the comments that i read and from the articles that i've read is that uh you know hank took sally obviously took sally and john and he called barry but he's gonna actually drop the address of the raven of the fuke he's gonna drop him fuke's address to basically get rid of hukes uh, because he he knows that barry is the only guy that can actually have a chance to kill hukes uh, and not and he's not gonna drop the address of sally and john obviously i don't think he's gonna do anything to sally and john but obviously there's a question of what's going to happen when Fuchs is dead. Because I think Hank is still mad at Barry. So there is going to be some kind of... There should be. I expect there to be. Um, you know, some kind of plan of what, how to actually deal with Barry. From... Yeah. What to actually... <laughs> do with Barry when Barry deals with Fuchs and who knows how that's gonna go down as well because the next episode is called wow just wow there's not a lot of uh you know it's not a big hint of what the hell is going to happen you know we just don't know there's just going to be wow and that's it that's all we know and I would expect nothing less from the final episode of Barry um but uh, yeah that's the thing and uh yeah the whole um the whole gene uh situation i mean <laughs> i do like the storyline but it's not the main one for me it's not the most interesting one for me but it was a very interesting moment of like you know gene trying to have all of those very high moral standards standards in terms of his girlfriend and then just throwing them away because he found out that daniel day lewis wants to play him in the movie and i mean who who would not do the same thing 
obviously. And there was a very funny moment when, you know, this guy told him, okay, Daniel Day-Lewis, or what's the play in you in the movie? And he was like, from Left Big Foot, uh, which is, you know, oh, not, not my left foot, damn it. Uh, which is not even the like the most interesting or the it's like the least interesting maybe movie of Daniel Day Lewis. Um, it's not like Phantom Thread or There Will Be Blood. Uh, so that that was obviously very funny. And to be honest, I really wanted to see Mark Wahlberg just sitting there for some reason i don't know he could just be even sitting with those guys but somewhere like in the corner but that would be a very cool moment if mark Wahlberg just you know appeared on barry that would be huge uh but yeah obviously that didn't happen and i was a little bit devastated over that uh yeah so i think that's everything that i wanted to talk about in terms of Succession and Barry, obviously, I gave Succession um, a lot more attention this time. Um, I didn't really, you know, make them equal in a way, but it doesn't mean that I don't love them equally. I really do love them equally. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's it. I'm really excited about this Sunday. Uh, I don't know, I'm gonna make it a whole evening and there's going to be celebration and champagne and hopefully, you know, I'm just gonna be on a high and very happy with how things ended for both of these shows. Again, I'm really sad that Succession and Barry are ending because I don't know. I don't know what other shows I'm gonna be looking forward to just as much as I've been looking forward to each and every single one, each and every single episode uh, of Barry and Succession. But I have belief in television, I have faith in television, and television is my religion. So I'm sure there's going to be something great. In the future in television as well so i hope that you enjoyed this episode i hope that you listened to it even if it was hard for you because <laughs> i feel like sometimes my thoughts were just not so cohesive and um i don't know yeah not so cohesive i would say but i'm just only starting out so don't judge me Sorry, um, but yeah, uh, I hope that I'm going to talk to you soon and goodbye.